It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. A Fraser Valentine arrested after going on a reckless joyride through the streets of Vancouver. We'd be able to connect Vancouver to Seattle in 40 to 50 minutes. A cross-border campaign to bring high-speed rail between Vancouver and Portland. Justify as the 13th Triple Crown winner! And a rare victory. A horse bred by a Langley man wins the Triple Crown. You're watching Global BC. This is Global News Hour at 6. Good evening. Thanks very much for joining us. We start tonight with news of a 16-year-old girl from Mission who's been arrested after going on a reckless joyride through Vancouver. It started at 12th Avenue and Victoria Drive. This happened just before 3.30 this morning. Two people were injured in a hit and run. Fortunately, they weren't seriously hurt. Officers then trying to pull over the suspect vehicle. That's a white van, but police say the driver sped away and refused to pull over for several blocks. Police called off the chase due to public safety and caught up with the teenager when the van was spotted parked near Hastings and Corral. She was arrested and now faces charges related to dangerous operation of a vehicle. Police say the teenager does not have a driver's license. It's also been a dangerous weekend on the roads on Vancouver Island. The Malahat Highway closed in both directions north of Aspen Road earlier this afternoon because of a two-vehicle crash. One person was killed and two others taken to hospital with serious injuries. The highway was reopened to single-lane alternating traffic about an hour and a half later. No word yet on what caused that accident. RCMP in the Cowichan Valley are asking for the public's help to track down the suspects in a sex assault. It happened on Wednesday on a trail off the Trans-Canada Highway in Duncan. Police say a local woman was walking along the trails between Chaster and Boys Roads when she was pulled into the woods and sexually attacked. The suspect is described as Caucasian in his mid-30s with short dark brown hair and a goatee. About 5 feet 7 to 5 feet 8 inches tall, 200 pounds with an average athletic build. He was wearing black cargo shorts and a white t-shirt and black sunglasses at the time time. A, uni- a warning from University RCMP after a bizarre attack on the UBC campus. Two people were assaulted and robbed at a university parkade when they went to exchange a computer that one of them had bought earlier in the day. One of the victims was forced into a vehicle, the other managing to escape and alert police who arrested four suspects. The student had met to return the computer because he discovered that it contained what appeared to be child pornography. The RCMP are now urging anyone buying something from an unknown seller to meet in a public place or at a police detachment. Residents in Grand Forks are still struggling to deal with the aftermath of this spring's flooding. Evacuation orders may have been lifted, but there are now new concerns, and that is the floodwaters may have contaminated the soil. Global Okanagan's Jules Knox has more. Four weeks after the fact, we still don't know what's going to happen. Petra Nielsen's home was cleaned out by the flooding. Now she's still waiting to find out if the land is safe. 
so on top of having lost everything and, and seeing your life in shambles, you don't know if your effort is even worth your while if the soil is contaminated. Nielsen's left in limbo, facing a financial crunch, left with a home with little resale value. On top of our existing mortgages, we have to probably take out more money to pay for the renovations and then maybe to find out that our land is contaminated and we shouldn't be living there. The Emergency Operations Center says it needs more information on the flooding itself before testing can be done, but says if it was expecting major contamination, it would already be in there. A month after the flood, garbage pile after garbage pile lines the streets of Grand Forks, the remnants of people's homes just waiting to be picked up. Resident Sandra Fry says this utility pole was put on the dike without proper permits, and later repair work softened the dam, causing it to breach. If it had been a really good part of the dike, it might have held. This had been disturbed. The Emergency Operations Center counters the area around the utility pole was still intact and the dike was overtopped by water. But Fry disagrees. It was an, an instant flow in. It tore apart things. It caused the sewage to be... It caused our contamination. Fry has written a letter to the Premier. She's calling for a provincial inquiry into the matter. And while only nine properties remain under an evacuation order... Dozens more, like Nielsen, still can't sleep in their own beds. And having to deal with all the tragic loss we've had, to wait till bureaucracy kicks in and is giving us answers is really, really difficult on top of the loss. Jules Knox, Global News, Grand Forks. Now, there was a very colourful demonstration in support of LGBTQ rights today. Hundreds tried to walk a mile in heels at Vancouver's Sunset Beach this morning. It's meant to highlight the fight for freedom from persecution because of your sexual orientation. Nadia Stewart reports. It is an unusual sound and sight on the seawall. Fancy footwear fit for a special occasion. And this is an ode to Scotland. Carl Meadows is president of the Foundation of Hope, a Vancouver-based organization focused on helping LGBTQ refugees escape persecution, finding refuge in Canada. This is their annual fundraiser, a strutathon, a magnet for money with a message. Many countries, actually women can't wear stilettos because it represents femininity and, um, and within the LGBT community, uh, it's a provocation in many countries. According to the United Nations, more than 70 countries around the world have anti-homosexuality laws. Only 10% of nations have laws protecting people against discrimination based on gender identity. The foundation aims to support groups who are supporting those facing discrimination. We created the foundation in order to be able to uh, enable the charities across Canada that are already doing the work by just having a, a reliable resource for them to draw upon for projects related to sponsorship for individual refugees or asylum seekers or related to newcomer services that community communities are already doing. Earlier this year, the federal Liberals promised more money for a rainbow refugee pilot project aimed at boosting sponsorship for LGBTQ refugees, helping them escape often desperate situations. The stories I hear are, are really, really uh, tragic. Like, 
I don't think anyone here in Canada who grew up in Canada can understand how, how bad the situation can be for LGBTQ individuals around the world. The hope is events like this will increase that understanding, leading to more donations and sustainable revenue streams for groups like the Foundation of Hope, so they can keep on strutting. Nadia Stewart, Global News. Canada border service agents raided a Penticton home late this week, but they haven't said what they were looking for. The agency only saying that they're investigating contraventions against the Customs or Immigration and Refugee Protection Act. Agents have spent the last couple of days at this home on Heather Road in Penticton. It is the headquarters of Singler Brothers Holdings and the home of Paul Singler. The CBSA wouldn't elaborate on why it has involved Singler's home and there's been no comment from the man in question either. Now, at this time next year, we get set to see a report into how feasible a high-speed rail line connecting Vancouver, Seattle and Portland will be released. The project, if approved, would cost tens of billions of dollars. And as our Paul Johnson now reports, an American group in support of the project came to Vancouver today hoping to build support on both sides of the border. Japan has had its bullet train since the 60s. France has operated its TGV for decades. More recently, China has built an extensive network of beautiful and efficient high-speed rail connections. By contrast, in 2018, North America has precisely zero kilometers of truly high-speed rail. And what passenger rail does exist is used mostly by vacationers and train buffs. But there may now be a movement to change that. Advocates of a high-speed concept that would link Vancouver with Seattle and Portland, Oregon, gathered in a Vancouver brew pub today to talk up the idea. Jonathan Hopkins came up from Seattle. If the project is built, he says that trip would only be 40 to 50 minutes. And the biggest thing is it's great for people's quality of life. Sound good? On paper, few disagree. Oh, I would absolutely go. If I can do Portland in a day and not have to worry about driving, then I would for sure do that. Well, I live in Seattle, so I would love to be able to go between, you know, north or south in a a hurry. Some seeds are already in the ground. Earlier this year, Premier John Horgan and Washington Governor Jay Inslee announced a joint effort to fund a study along with Seattle-based Microsoft. And in California, work has been underway for years on a high-speed link between L.A. and San Francisco. Success there would likely boost the effort up north. But there's this to think about. To do this right, you have to build the system for that purpose. Meaning a high-speed network in Cascadia can't piggyback on top of existing rail lines. So construction and land acquisition would mean a 20 to $40 billion price tag. While there are those willing to study it, it's not clear who would pay for it. Though advocates like Hopkins say building it brings the possibility it could pay for itself in the long run. Just connecting Seattle to Vancouver uh, could increase economic output by $300 billion a year. Paul Johnson, Global News. 
to the municipal election race in Vancouver now and a COPE candidate launching her campaign for city council in one of the city's wealthiest neighbourhoods. Jean Swanson ran as an independent candidate in last year's by-election and is now endorsed by the Coalition of Progressive Electors as a candidate. In Shaughnessy, she renewed her call for a mansion tax to end homelessness, standing next to a giant box of tissues, saying wealthy homeowners don't like the idea of taxes but they have more options than the homeless or the working poor. We came here because it's a nice little park that's surrounded by mansions. And one of the keys of our platform is to have a mansion tax so that we can get enough money to build lots of modular housing and virtually end homelessness. And then after that, to start building social housing for renters who are paying a huge amount of their income for, for rent. Also news on the Greens' Adrian Carr. She has confirmed last night that she is not seeking the mayor's job. Instead, she's going to ret- try to retain her seat in council. Carr said she had approached Vision Vancouver and all the other parties on the centre-left, but ultimately didn't get their support. Voters go to the polls on October the 20th. All right, I want you to take a look at this. How employees at a donut shop in Washington State were left in shock after a man drove his pickup truck right into the store. Fortunately, there were concrete barriers outside which kept the truck from barreling through the front door. Uh, the driver arrested for driving under the influence. A fairy tale ending for a Surrey couple who lost some very sentimental lawn ornaments. Sorry. Langley RCMP rolling out the seven dwarfs and helping load them onto Bjorn Storness's Bliss's truck this morning. The collection was stolen from his front lawn overnight on Wednesday after he and his wife appealed for its return. The ornaments turned up at the Langley Fire Department by Friday. The garden display is now back with Snow White, so they're all together. Snow White was not taken during the heist. The dwarf display has been part of the family for years and was placed in the front yard by the couple's son, who passed away earlier this year. It was sight for sore eyes. I'm very pleased to have them back. That's where they belong. Don't belong anywhere else. (laughs) We feel so much at peace now that they're home. They hold very precious memories to us. Uh, You know, with our son recently passing away and helping us, me, put them into the garden and, and things and the jokes that he told and these things. Those memories are timeless and precious that you can't, you can't replace. And now, now they're back. Now they're back. <laughs> now they're back. And, and the memories are stronger than ever. So glad they were returned. All right. Now, if you were hoping to be the country's newest, newest multimillionaire, you're out of luck, unfortunately, unless you're a winner watching. Last night's $60 million jackpot was won by someone in Quebec. Uh, a few British Columbians will be walking away with some of the cash. A max million ticket sold in Burnaby has won that lucky person $1 million. People in Ladysmith, Victoria and Vancouver will also win 500000 apiece. And there was a ticket that was bought in Surrey that was one of five to split the bonus jackpot, earning a little more than $200,000. A horse with roots in BC called Justify has just won the Triple Crown. And now he's just immortal! The chestnut colt was a winner at today's Belmont Stakes. This is the 13th time a horse has managed to win the Kentucky Derby, the Preakness and now the Belmont. 
Justify was bred by John Gunther of Langley, B.C. at a farm in Kentucky, which is run by his daughter, Tanya. Nothing bothers this horse at all. I mean, he uh, going into the starting gate, he had his ears pricked and he just walked in cool as a cucumber. And uh, once, that, uh, once, once they started, I mean, Mike, Mike Smith got him out on top and uh, he just cruised along and uh, he's got such a tremendous stride. Nobody could, ca- nobody could keep up with him. And coming down the stretch, it uh, really wasn't worried too much. I could just see that tremendous long stride and they weren't going to catch him. And it happened. I mean, it was just amazing. Yeah, great news. Incredible. That's, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's, that's so rare. That's like obviously one of the greatest achievements in horse racing and in all of sport mm-hmm. and for it to have that BC connection. What they do, I mean, Squires briefed me because he's a big horse. Okay. Uh, they provide the, uh, the brooding mirror and then the, all these horses that they feel that have the, uh, you know, could have the, the stuff to make a great, a great uh, racing horse, a great thoroughbred. They breed them there, and then they sell the horse, make their money, and they get a cut of this as well, I guess. So the more the horse does, the better they do. And, of course, business will be good now that they've right? bred a, 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 a triple crown. Horse. Yeah, no, that's great. We're very, very proud of that. Okay, um, I'm sure I described that horribly. It's all horse. <laughs> no, no, you did. <laughs> I, I, say, I especially liked, like, I'm not quite sure what you were holding on the horse there, but I quite liked that uh, part of the description. Yeah, I was, I was, I was trying to, yeah, visual, visual no, aids. Great. Exactly. Okay, <laughs> I'll, I'll stop while I'm behind. <laughs> I'm European. <laughs> This happens to me all the time. All right, what else have you got in sport today, Barry? Well, I don't think I can really top that. Actually, although the Whitecaps just finished, and uh, Alfonso Davies had, uh, you know, he's the young teenager from Canada, 17-year-old, sparkling uh, performance today, a goal and three assists. Whitecaps won 5-1. Beautiful goals. This kid's real special, too. So we'll have highlights of that coming up. Welcome back. Well, a unanimous G7 agreement lasted just a couple of hours before being ripped apart with a single tweet. That happened just a few hours ago. U.S. President Donald Trump has blasted Prime Minister Justin Trudeau, calling him weak and dishonest for his comments at a closing news conference. But the Canadian side says that Justin Trudeau has not said anything in public that he hasn't already said to the president's face. Global Nationals Abigail Beeman reports on what's been a dramatic day from Quebec City. Uh, as we move forward on this theme. At a gender equality breakfast, the U.S. chair sits empty. The French president jokingly shows a late Trump to his seat. Coming late and leaving early, but not before blasting his tough-on-trade views one last time. We're like the piggy bank that everybody's robbing. He softened direct attacks on our prime minister. Justin did a really good job. But doubled down on differences. On NAFTA, it'll have a sunset. No, it won't, say the Canadians. We are opposed to any sunset clause of any length. Uh, If you put a expiry date on a trade deal, that's not actually a trade deal. And what about that national security justification for the steel and aluminum tariffs? It's economic. It's the balance sheet. To have a great military, you need a great balance sheet. It's kind of insulting. And I highlighted that it was not helping in our uh, renegotiation of NAFTA. With his closing comments, a still diplomatic but tougher talking Trudeau. The president will continue to say what he says uh, at various occasions. Uh, What we did this weekend was come together, roll up our sleeves, 
and figure out consensus. That consensus came in the form of a communique Trudeau said was agreed to by all seven countries. But shortly after, Trump backed out, tweeting, based on Justin's false statements at the news conference, he's not signing it, and ramped up the insults, calling Trudeau dishonest and weak. On girls' education, the commitment was nearly triple what aid groups were hoping for, $3.8 billion, enough to bring the minister to tears. We all recognize that we need empowered women to end poverty and to have empowered women, we need educated girls. In many countries, you have to pay to go to school, and so the school fees can be a huge barrier, and if families have to choose between the boys and the girls of who goes to school, um, often the boys are chosen. But Italy and the U.S. weren't part of it, and on climate, it was G5 plus two, with Japan and the U.S. refusing to sign off on a plan to improve ocean's health by cutting down on plastics. Abigail Beeman, Global News, Quebec City. Uh, as we move forward on this theme. At a gender equality break. Derailment near Red Deer has caused an oil spill. Seven CP rail cars derailed just after 4.30 yesterday afternoon. A section of highway had to be closed after one of six cars carrying crude oil leaked. The seventh was carrying sand. No injuries, according to police. The unexpected deaths of two iconic celebrities this week are reigniting the conversation about the need for stronger emphasis on suicide prevention and mental health. Carter Evans of CBS News has the story. At the New York restaurant where Anthony Bourdain made his mark as a chef before becoming a famous writer and TV star, fans are still trying to understand why he would take his own life. It's so upsetting when you feel like someone is such a light to the world, a positive influence, and, and they feel the need to leave. The celebrity chef was filming in France for his wildly successful show, Parts Unknown, when he apparently committed suicide in his hotel room. Bourdain's death on Friday and fashion designer Kate Spade's suicide earlier in the week came as the Centers for Disease Control released a new study showing nationwide suicides are up 25 percent since 1999. In 2016 alone, nearly 45,000 people took their own lives and more than half had no known mental health condition. According to the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention, the biggest increase is among people in the same age range as Bourdain and Spade. Middle-aged Americans, and particularly white men and women, their rate has risen the most, um, between 50 and 65 percent. On CBS This Morning, Dr. Gail Salt said anyone can look for the signs. So if you see someone becoming socially more isolated, withdrawing, they're feeling sad, they're feeling hopeless, they're feeling worthless, um, yes, then, then those are people you want to be talking to. And she says the conversation should be direct. When they start to talk about it, then you say, have you thought about harming yourself? Have you thought about taking your life? Be really direct. It is a myth that asking about suicide will cause someone to commit suicide. Calls to some suicide hotlines have increased dramatically following the high-profile deaths. Suicide is the 10th leading cause of death in this country. The CDC says someone takes their own life every 12 minutes. Carter Evans, CBS News, Los Angeles. 
All right. In other news tonight, a pit bull is being credited with saving the lives of a California family, including a baby. Last Sunday night, Sasha started acting strangely, barking loudly and jumping at the back door of their Stockton home. It turns out a fire had broken out in a neighbor's home and the flames had jumped to their property. Once he got inside, the dog immediately went to the back bedroom and began dragging the baby by the diaper off the bed, the family crediting those early warning barks with saving them. If she wasn't barking or really like going, you know, at the door like that, I probably wouldn't have known nothing. She's always been a part of the family. Now she just gets steak. <laughs> In health matters, it is World Skin Health Day and a free skin cancer clinic was held today. There were dermatologists on hand at the Vancouver Aquatic Centre to examine people for any signs of skin cancer. They want to help people with learning the importance of prevention, early detection of skin cancers and also carrying out uh, self-examination at home. Early detection of skin cancers because the rate continues to increase in Canada. And uh, in fact, this year, the most serious type of skin cancer, melanoma, is estimated to affect another 7,300 people in the country. But more importantly, uh, one person dies from skin cancer every eight hours in this country, which is a shame because many of these can be uh, prevented uh, or at least diagnosed early through early detection. All right, I want to tell you about this meteorologist in West Palm Beach, Florida. Uh, have a look at this. While doing her weather forecast, she was also solving a Rubik's Cube. This is Lauren Aleski multitasking for the local CBS station. And it's not just one side she was doing while doing the weather. She's actually solving the entire cube, timed perfectly just before their seven-day forecast came up. Look at that. She's done it all. Incredible. Wow. I'm very impressed. And then I thought, Kasia, what can I give you to do? And then I thought, maybe you can make a paper plane. You and know, then I thought, no, I can't be that cruel. I just want to throw the towel, throw in the <laughs> towel. And be like, I give up. I can't follow an act like that. That's I will not. That's crazy, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, she's pretty impressive. Yeah. And anyway. show off at that. No, 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 that's very <laughs> impressive. All right, we need to get to your forecast because we do have some thunder showers and then some severe weather that's happening here. At, well, I would say here in Canada and Alberta. So we'll get to that. Hey, it's a beautiful evening already. We've got 15 degrees, a sun cloud mix. So we did have a little bit of active weather that did bubble up along the lower mainland. We had uh, some showers as well as some thunder showers. I'll get to that in a short very shortly. Uh, meanwhile, a look at today's daytime highs ranging between a mild 23 degrees in Kamloops and 11 degrees in Whitehorse. A little bit cooler than it has been for some time right across the province and it will be a little bit cooler for tomorrow. Look at all the active weather that is happening stateside. So these are your lightning strikes over the past few hours here at home. Look at this. Eastern Alberta, western Saskatchewan. That is super active. It has been so much more hot through this area. 30 degree weather. So that's been fueling these thunderstorms all the more. Whereas here at home, it's a little bit uh, less severe, to say the least. Here we do have severe thunderstorm warnings in effect. Again, this is Alberta and Saskatchewan. We also do have a tornado watch in effect. I've got a photo here. This was taken in Lamont country earlier today. This Look at that, that hail right here. Yeah, severe weather. Uh, this isn't too far from St. Paul where they do still have a tornado watch. A tornado has been reported to have touched down earlier today just after 4 p.m.
So there you have it. So right here at home, far, far better for us. A couple lightning strikes you can see through the interior. Also, the island saw that a little bit earlier today. But we do have a special weather statement that has been issued by Environment Canada. We've been showing you this for, the, for some time. It is because of the thunderstorm risk today as well as tomorrow afternoon. But also as temperatures plummet and the freezing levels plummet, there is a chance of snow at higher elevations. So major routes through the overnight into the morning hours, a chance of snow. So I'd stay away from these major routes. So have a look. I pause this through the evening and the overnight, or rather, this is going to be your Sunday morning. So purples on radar on your future cast. That is your snow. But we still continue to be unsettled on your Sunday. A chance of showers and a chance of thunder showers for a lot of us. But again, that's also a chance of sunshine. It is a mixed bag because it is an upper level trough now. It's quite unstable in behind the system that is now in Alberta. Okay, for you, we are looking at mostly cloudy skies in the BC Peace River region. It's going to be cloudy. But we do have windy conditions on tap for you. White Horse 14 is your high. We do have a 70% risk of active weather. I <laughs> Thank you, Sonia. She's throwing paper planes at me because I should be making it myself, apparently. Uh, 12 degrees for you along the north coast. It's going to be a nice day, just a chance of showers in the morning hours. And then it becomes rainy on your Monday. And then we do have a risk of thunder showers for you through the uh, central caribou region. Columbia and the Kootenays, also an active day potentially for you into the afternoon, risk of thunder showers. That is the case for you through the Thompson and the Okanagan region on your Sunday. But then Monday, we're looking at cloudy conditions. Whistler, a very similar uh, pattern here, as is the case for Vancouver Island. Your five-day outlook. Look at this. We do have a beautiful day in store, especially on your Monday into your Tuesday. Sonia? All right. That's the worst paper plane in the history of paper <laughs> planes. Thanks very much for that, Kasia. Um, a group of cyclists set off on a challenging ride from Richmond this morning, and it was all for a good cause. So let's this. Uh, the 10 cyclists leaving the Richmond Oval for the nearly 8,000 kilometre journey to Newfoundland over the next 10 weeks. The trip raising money and awareness for half a dozen charities, including the Canadian Health Awareness Society and the Developmental Disabilities Association. One of the organisers has already done the same ride in each of the past three years. So he has been um, right for the past three times. And the, uh, the amazing thing is he is one of the cancer survivors. Oh, wow. So for the past two years, he has been um, same thing, doing um, fundraising, riding across Canada for different causes as well. Yeah, more cyclists are going to be doing a one-week trip to Kamloops. The Across Canada 2018 event is sponsored by E&E Global and uh, Vancouver Cycle Touring Association as well. The Duchess of Sussex made her first appearance on the balcony of Buckingham Palace today. The occasion was the annual trooping of the colour ceremony marking the Queen's birthday. Exactly three weeks since their last horse-drawn carriage ride, Prince Harry and former actress Meghan Markle were waving to crowds again. This time to celebrate the Queen's official birthday at the Trooping the Colour Parade. The annual event is rooted in the British tradition of regularly displaying flags or colours so troops could recognise their units in battle. On Saturday, 1,400 soldiers took part, along with 200 horses. The Queen used to attend on horseback, too. But for about the past 30 years, she's travelled the short distance from her famous London home, Buckingham Palace, to the parade ground by carriage. And on Saturday, she arrived without her husband, 96-year-old Prince Philip, who retired from official public duties last year. 
the Duchess of Cambridge, Kate Middleton, and the Duke and Duchess of Sussex, as the newlyweds are now known, later stood on the balcony of Buckingham Palace with the Queen. Together, four generations of the royal family marked another tradition, watching the Royal Air Force fly by. An inspiring sight at the end of the birthday parade. Look at that. Roxana Saberi, CBS News, London. Okay, Barry's here with all your sports and uh, what's going on then? Well, I was going to guess. We're going to talk some white cast, but yeah. I've had many requests to do the Rubik's Cube and also explain horse breeding again. But oh, I'm, but I'm yes. going to take a pass. Oh, really? I'm take a pass. Have I, you ever competed I, in I, Rubik's Cube? I know neither. No, no not even me. aside. Not even cheating. I can't even. Yeah, do it. I used to peel the stickers off. Really? Did yeah. anyone else ever do that? I should admit that. Uh, Sorry. Yeah, yeah, you've ruined the Rubik's Cube. Way too you've honest. it for everyone. Right. <laughs> Thanks, Sonia. Uh, let's talk some soccer here. The White Caps have been fairly decent over the past month. They've scored a bucket of goals, 11 in five games. They've rescued points with stirring comebacks. On the flip side, they've surrendered 10 goals in that same five-game span. So some good, some bad. They were hoping to keep the good part going today against visiting Orlando City. The bug, Christian Tachera, four goals in his last two minutes matches, but the first good chance goes to the visitors. Will Johnson, the Canadian, loads up the left foot, fires from 15 yards out, but what a save by Brian Rowe, tips it over the crossbar, remains nil-nil. 36th minute, Alfonso Davies showing off his incredible speed, Orlando defenders backpedaling feverishly, little step over and a feed to Kai Kamara for the goal. Davies' fifth assist of the season, he just keeps getting better and better and this was a harbinger of things to come because he put on a display today. 1-0 Caps at the half. Early second half, Caps had all sorts of chances but could not convert. Orlando keeper makes one save off to Chera. Davies driving for the rebound just fires it high. Orlando went down to 10 men but it's Orlando City who score the next goal. Sasha Chelston Nudging it past Brian Rowe, ties it up, 1-1. But the Caps press forward. They won all three points, and look at that. On the rebound, it's Alfonso Davies getting the goal. They appealed for offside, but it was good. The kid was hot tonight, 2-1. Later, Jordy Reyna is taken down in the box. It's a penalty after video review, so a good call. They score the goal to make it 3-1. And then another great play by Davies down the flank as he sets up Jordy Reyna for the tap-in. That made it 4-1. And wait, Davies isn't done yet. Another assist on the goal by Nicholas Mesquita. Fires in the fifth Whitecaps goal. A goal and three assists for Davies. 5-2 the final. Whitecaps now 6-5-5. and They'll get a week off before their next action, which is in Philadelphia on June the 23rd. Well, a chance for horse racing history today at the Belmont Stakes in New York. Justify was hoping it would be lucky 13, as in the 13th horse to ever win the Triple Crown. Justify has a local tie-in. As we heard earlier, he was bred by Langley horse breeders John and Tanya Gunther. Justify was a perfect 5-0 and in his career as he got ready for the mile-and-a-half marathon today at New York's Belmont Park. And they're into the stretch, and Justify comes roaring home to a Gronkowski, he's just perfect, and now he's just immortal! 
Wow, what a performance. Justify becomes just the 13th horse to ever win the Triple Crown. The last was American Pharaoh in 2015, and before that, it was the 37-year drought when affirmed one in 1978. Justify is a perfect 6-0. His time of 2 minutes 28 was fairly swift, but well off the all-time record, an incredible 2 minutes 24 ran by the Great Secretariat in 1973. Women's final of the French Open, number one Simona Halep on the left, taking on American Sloane Stevens, who does have a major in her career, the U.S. Open. Halep still looking for her first. Both ladies come out swinging. Halep doing a great job to stay in this point, but eventually she will uh, net the forehand. Point goes to Sloane Stevens, and she would actually lead the first set 4-1. Stevens showed her power game as well. She will step up and put away the big winner here and take the first set. Six games to three. She goes cross court. So it is Stevens. And Stevens kept it going. She was up two love in the second set, but then Hollop really buckles down. Hammers it down the line for the winner. She'd break three times in the set and took it 6-4. So it's even at one apiece. So we go to a third and deciding set, and Hollop takes over. Look at that effort to get to the drop shot and then the very tough overhead backhand for the winner. She would go up four love. And then we go to match point. That is Hollop serving. And Stevens can't return it. And that is it. The 26-year-old from Romania wins her first ever Grand Slam title in three sets. Hollop had lost three Grand Slam finals before. So a real breakthrough for her career to win the French Open. Welcome back. It's the only time where winning doesn't really mean much, but for what it's worth, the Lions won both of their preseason games and gave their fans a taste of what they're going to be about in 2018. Most notably, the Lions want to be much better at the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball. And last night against Winnipeg, the Lions made uh, Lions defense rather made some big plays, something they sorely lacked in 2017. Jonathan Jennings and the Lions taking on Winnipeg last night. The defense got the Lions on the board in the first. The sack and then the fumble, and there goes Odell Willis, the Lions' big offseason free agent signing, takes it in for the TD. He's a guy who makes game-altering plays, and he showed his wares early for the Lion fans. 6-0, then John Jennings' perfect pass to Brian Burnham for the touchdown. Lions took the lead 20-13. More from the defense in the third. Otha Foster with the pick, takes it all the way back. For the touchdown, 62-yard return to the end zone, 27-13 for the Lions. And they'll seal the deal in the fourth. Ricky Lloyd, the quarterback with the sneak here, 34-21. Lions open their regular season a week from tonight at BC Place against the Alouettes. Johnny Manziel playing his second CFL preseason game for the Ticats at Montreal today. Manziel, first-ever CFL touchdown pass to Alex Green. Uh, nothing spectacular, but effective. Manziel, 12 of 20, 88 yards. Ticats won 30-15. He will start the season as the backup behind Jeremiah Mazzoli. Third round of the FedEx St. Jude Classic from Memphis, Tennessee. Stuart Sink took a big lead up the leaderboard, a big leap up the leaderboard, thanks to this shot on the par 3 eighth. 144-yard pitching wedge, and Sink lives up to his name. Sinks the T-ball, the ace, the hole-in-one. Part of a 664 for the veteran who moves all the way up to third. Dustin Johnson had the 36-hole lead. Nice approach here at 15. 
to about three feet. That led to a birdie. Johnson at 15 under after a five under 65 today, but he's got some company at the top. Andrew Putnam at the finishing hole is going to knock it in from 18 feet for birdie. He and Johnson tied for the lead at minus 15. Nick Taylor, 16 shots back in 58th place. Final round on Global tomorrow at 12.30. And third round from the Uplands in Victoria. Mackenzie Tour Canada's Bayview Place CD Bank Open. Kimberly's Jared Dutois showing off his short game. Made his uh, pro debut at the Uplands a year ago. From about 110 yards here. Nice little wedge from 110 yards to uh, help set up the birdie. He will convert two under 68 today for Jared, who is at 11 under, just three shots off the lead in search of his first pro victory. Texan Sam Fedone has the lead. And Alex Ovechkin bringing the Stanley Cup to Nationals Park in Washington. He and the sports fans of D.C. have not stopped partying since Thursday when they won their first cup. Now, not many baseball players from Russia. Ovi's first attempt, uh, a little lame. Second attempt, slightly better. I think I think he can throw it harder if he wanted. Uh, he has mastered lifting the cup over his head, however, and also guzzling celebration beers. The party continues on. Their parade is Tuesday in Washington. The last thing you want when graduation is coming up is have your dress stolen. It's happened to a teenager from Nanaimo, but the community jumping in to save the big day. Yes. Oh, my God. With mom giving her gown a lift... Claudia Yaya is off in style. You good there? Yeah, great. Okay. In a supercar start to prom weekend. Thank you. I never thought I was going to be standing here on Tuesday. I was in tears, but I'm here and I'm happy and it's amazing. Yaya made it to her grad, just not in the dress she ordered. That custom-made gown disappeared from her doorstep shortly after it was delivered earlier this week. I was in shock. I didn't want to believe that that had happened. The Nanaimo High School senior took to Facebook to detail the theft of the prom dress and shoes she'd saved up to buy. Her heart just melted that she had lost uh, her dress, and uh, we've had two daughters graduate and know how, how important that day is, the prom day. Local dress company owner Linda Jessen saw Yaya's post and stepped in to save the day. And I said, we have got to have a dress that's going to fit this girl. So she texted Yaya, offering to dress her up. And I was shocked that someone actually offered me a dress for free. And I was like, what? Like, this is impossible. Who could do this? And then I, she's like, oh, yeah, come in and try the dresses on. With her new dream dress a perfect fit, Yaya celebrating before heading to UNBC this fall for her Bachelor of Science. We've only known her now for a day, but we felt that we've known her forever. And I just want to say thank you to them. Like, Party Girl Fashion has made my prom. I feel like Cinderella, to be honest. Kristen Robinson, Global News. Oh, story. It is, yeah. So nice. Definitely. Lovely dress. Yeah, yeah, it was a lovely dress. Um, Barry wants you to wear that tomorrow, so are you going to do that? (laughs) The new dress? I think she's she's lost her dress already. She wants to hang on. Good night. We'll see you at 11.